If you listen to the Barra Media Podcast Network, then you've probably heard of the company United Harvest. But I don't think you've heard of their subscription base. That's right. You can subscribe to buy meat. Go to unitedharvest.com. Look at their curated boxes. They already have boxes put together that you can subscribe to monthly if you want. Just get boxes of meat shipped to your door monthly. And it's like dinner forever. It's dinner for a month, 30 days. I don't know. It's a lot of meat. Check it out. Go to unitedharvest.com. Go to their curated boxes. Subscribe. Subscribe to meat like you subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the meat. Unitedharvest.com. If you go and go to the curated boxes, go to checkout, type in friends15 for 15% off your first order. Unitedharvest.com. I don't even know how to remotely start a podcast. I don't know how to start a conversation. (laughs) If I could be any celebrity, I'd be Will Winner. Please, for the love of God, if you're listening to this and you still tuck your jeans and your boots, reach down, pull those bad boys out, all right? We're done with that. We're done with that. I am 97 pounds of... Twisted steel and sex appeal. Next! I should have brought my recorder. I could have played Hot Cross Buns. Is that that illegal? (laughs) When our two moms listen to this podcast, they're going to be like... Our two moms. They're going to be super proud of us. Welcome (laughs) to the Keeper Pin. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. It is just me. I am riding solo. Maddie has come down with an illness. She is broken. Um... (laughs) She said, she texted me and said that she's got green stuff coming out of her nose, not to be graphic or anything, but basically she is broken and we'll be listening with all of you tomorrow. Uh, We, we, I couldn't even imagine what she sounded like. So it's just easier for her to sit back and relax, but we are excited for 2021 and the continuation of our boss babes. And we have the highly recommended one of my favorite humans, Annie Grinstead on here. Um, so Annie, why don't you just give us like a brief lowdown on who you are, what you do, um, kind of just a little synopsis of your life. Absolutely. Well, hello, Jenna. Uh, sorry, Maddie. I hope you get that nose issue uh, taken care of and are healthy and on the mend very, very soon. So thanks so much for having me um, here with you, Jenna. You know, you and I have kind of gotten to know each other more and more over this last 30 to 45 days, and I'm really intrigued by your energy and your grit and all that you have going on. So I look forward to chatting with you about some things, um, but I can assure you that I'm pretty sure I'm not a boss, and I'm pretty sure I'm not a babe. So just another um, mama out here who absolutely loves raising show pigs, loves raising children, and absolutely um, owes a ton to being a livestock kid and being raised on a farm. So Thanks again for having me. Um, it was kind of fun getting some text messages uh, today that they were excited about the podcast. So I, I had a full day of meetings today. So when I came out and saw my blank face, um, I don't know what you call those caricatures, I guess, um, on social media, it was kind of fun, Jenna. So, so thanks for that. Um, but I'm Annie. Um, I was raised in Linville from Greenfield, Indiana. Um, I always say that Purdue and Kappa Kappa Gamma gave me the Annie. And my awesome, very tall, redheaded husband gave me the Grinstead to make me Annie Grinstead. So we now live and raise show pigs on the farm that I grew up on um, in Greenfield. 
And um, some people, you know, we kind of rebranded a year ago as Plessy Livestock or Positive Energy Livestock, but most of us just call us Grinsteads because we've been around for a while. Um, and then we also um, have a team, an incredible team, located downtown Indianapolis as Positive Energy Inc. It's a marketing and corporate event agency that I'm very, very thankful to be a part of. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. That's awesome. And so let's go back to kind of how you started in being in livestock, you know, growing up, um, showing what you showed, what, how you got into it, kind of some fond memories that you have with uh, the livestock industry and how that shaped you into who you are. Absolutely. So I don't ever really know life without it. Um, it wasn't like I had an aha moment in an FSA organization or something like that. I was born um, into Doug and Becky's amazing world. My parents, uh, dad was a pig guy. Mom was a sheep girl, both from Rush County, Indiana. Um, and, you know, started the farm here on 650 in Greenfield. So I was born into it. So very fortunate um, to be raised right here on the farm. You know, the farrying house, the nurseries, the barns, all of it was in our backyard. So didn't know any different. Um, there's always a joke that I have such a passion for the fairing house and the care of them and, and things like that, almost sometimes more than the show side of things. And it's, my mom says it's because she dropped me out of her carrier it, or the carrier on her chest into a fairing crate when I was a really little baby. So I don't know how far back it can go, but I think my entire life has had a really great instrument of livestock um, and farming, building kind of the, the basis of that. Um, obviously, 4-H is super important. I couldn't wait to be in 4-H. Um, I have a really awesome older sister, Katie, who got to be in 4-H before me, and I didn't think that was very cool, um, but, but they didn't let the littles in. Um, but, you know, one of my fun favorite memories with that, thinking back to Katie being in before me, um, and, and, you know, it's so different now, Jenna, um, when you think of the NJSA and all that they've done and Team Purebred and so forth with the juniors, but way back in the ice age when I showed, you know, um, they didn't have quite as, as much of that. So, you know, getting to be that nine-year-old in 4-H was a big deal. So I guess a fun story with that that kind of throws it way back is my dad was kind of tired of hearing, um, I think maybe me complain about how hard we worked outside because we did a lot and that I didn't get to show. Um, so he pulled a barrow for me to take care of, a hamp barrow to take to the Indiana State Fair Open Barrow Show, which used to be a pretty big deal. And um, at six years old, I showed him and he was champion hamp, but under Frank Callahan, he was in reserve grand barrow. So super exciting. Got my, you know, got my first banner. I was six years old. And I think that that all pretty much from there um, lost cause, right? All I want to do is show pigs, uh, have livestock and um, the wheels were all kind of set in motion. So I don't know if that's kind of what you're looking for, but, it, but it's been a part of me. Um, 4-H was important, showing was important, but, you know, raised on a farm and, and having the opportunity to have them in your backyard, you see the good, the bad, and the ugly of it, so you become so much more appreciative of all of it other than just the win, um, and I think that that's, you know, that, that's what causes that passion that's still it. We don't have to mention ages, but I am 43. Um, that it absolutely is one of the main things that makes me tick still today. No, I, I that's awesome because I think that when you're little and you win, it is so much better than when you're big. I don't think I don't know why. I just had um, just like you had some success when I was younger, and it was awesome. But I think when you get big and old, it just I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> Different. I think a lot of it's expectation, yeah. right? So it's the, the magic. 
Yeah. When you have zero expectations for yourself, I remember not to get off topic, but my sister, uh, they have the peewee pig show. Um, so it'd be mm-hmm. right after the open barrow show at Illinois state fair for the kids who aren't of age. So maybe they should have had that for you back then. You would have loved it. <laughs> um, and I remember we, she ended up winning that show and mom and dad were driving home and, um, Allie, they were like, Allie, how do you feel about wearing, you know, having grand guilt? And she goes, well, I didn't have grand guilt. They just gave me an electric scooter. She didn't even realize that she won. They didn't <laughs> she was just there to have fun. But, uh, yeah. Well, I, I can say I definitely knew I won. I, I had a little bit of a competitive edge. I think when Katie was in 4-H and you had the, used to be older to show, there's a show at Putnam County and it was for like $500. And they got it cleared to where I could show her bear. I forget if she had, I think cheerleading camp or something. And we, we won. And, um, and so I, I always kind of had that competitive streak, but I, what I will call that Jenna maybe is the magic of showing um, that I think that sometimes when we get older, we lose track of, which I think is super sad, but you know, I relate that to like what we're doing, um, had the opportunity to do with the sheep last year with my little one, you know, it's a cool thing and not to get totally off subject, but I think it's, it's such a special thing. You know, the sheep were new to my family last year. Um, we jumped in so we could do something close with my sister's family because Landon's a rock star and they do great with their sheep. And, you know, it was so fun to feel the magic of showing livestock again when my little Riley went out. And, you know, all it was about was they called making the podium. And you know how you walk, you show sheep and you get kind of pulled out in that top three or top four um, in the class? All she wanted to do was make the podium. And I'll never forget when she made the podium, the joy I felt. I remember being teary when she won her first class and when she won her first showmanship. Like that magic of it is what I feel like we as leaders, you know, leaders of our kids or 4-H clubs and things is always make sure you're following that magic because when the passion's gone, um, I think sometimes it gets hard to stay, stay in the right path of it. Absolutely. And I think that the older you get, the harder it is to just exactly what you said, feel that magic. And it's more so going through the motions of it. And, uh, that breaks yeah. my heart cause I got, well, I got old and I was there and I was burnt out and <laughs> yep. ever, uh, for 15 mm-hmm. years. And sometimes you just can't clean pens anymore, but, uh, those, <laughs> those, those memories are just, they're awesome. But so yeah. let's talk about school, your college, your degree kind of, um, in it went in high school and stuff, what you were involved in and how that got you into college and your career and stuff like that. Absolutely. So growing up, um, hard work was always very much the expectation um, here at our house, as well as education. You know, we kind of laugh now that I don't know that I really knew that there was an option of not going to college, right, wrong or indifferent. But, you know, we were expected to get good grades, you're expected to work hard. Um, I had a magical childhood with with awesome parents that also was important to them. I think that we were well-rounded. So, you know, um, I played high school golf um, and played basketball for a bit. I, you know, we did all the sports and leadership type of thing. Um, but I only, I think, took like a year of um, ag classes in high school. And, you know, I, I went on to Purdue and, and I wasn't an ag kid as far as education. Um, I went to Purdue University and got a public relation degree in the School of Communication. Um, I rushed right off the bat, Kappa Kappa Gamma. Um, and, and I tell you, I always just kind of felt like that I had such a deep rooted ag um, background coming from both sides, my family and deep, deep in my heart that, that if I needed and wanted to work in ag, I really felt 
um, like that I could, but I wanted to make sure that my avenues were open, um, you know, all aspects of it. So I probably have a little bit different um, of an education than may some think, um, but I really wanted to be a lawyer, <laughs> which, which uh, some people who've argued with me probably are like, oh, I can see that. She's stubborn. Um, but I can say that, you know, I always thought after an internship that I did in Washington, D.C., um, right before my senior year, that I was going to probably go back and go to law school. Um, but, you know, my path has changed a lot of different ways right around that time. And, and I'm a strong believer it all works out how it should be. You got to just make sure that you're always keeping your eye on the prize and working hard. Absolutely. And I know that you and I had this talk um, yesterday kind of about taking a different route and not, you know, we always feel like there's in the ag industry and when you grow up showing, you kind of have to do this and, and um, do a certain path and a certain career choice and a certain major. But I think that normalizing the fact that you can have a lot of success and not stick to that and just know that you have that on the back burner and that's in your heart um, is just as beneficial. Absolutely. You know what? And there, there's one thing that I can vary with, with every bit of my being say that livestock kids are very, very special. And I don't care if you show them. I don't care if you raise them, you breed them. Um, you guys understand, and I'll call you a kid, right? Because you're a lot younger than me. But you guys understand how to work hard. You understand how to be respectful and polite. You understand that at five o'clock, that doesn't mean the day is done. And if you carry those things on, it doesn't matter what you want to be. You know, if you want to be a carpenter, if you want to be a welder, if you want to be the director of sales somewhere, if you want to go to law school, if you want to be a doctor, you have all those core values. So I totally think that that youth growing up in agriculture, obviously there's brilliant, awesome jobs in agriculture, but you can always go all, any kind of different route that your interest uh, you know, takes you. And you have all those core awesome building blocks to do whatever it is that your heart wants to do. Absolutely, I could not agree more, which brings us to our next topic. Let's talk about um, positive energy, your career, your company, kind of what you're doing with that, all the jobs and kind of like your trials and your errors and your triumphs that you had to get to where you are today. <laughs> that's a loaded one. Um, that's, you know, I, that's a I, question, but. <laughs> well, I, I may have a little bit different path. You know, I, um, I'm not someone who has worked for 20 years and had 10 different employers. So um, when I got out of school, I had a wonderful mentor by the name of Dawn, um, who I had worked for in high school as well as college. Um, that kind of just taught you how to do things the right way, as well as, you know, that kind of mentorship with my parents, So I thought I was going to just work for two years, just work, right, as we call it, um, before going to law school. And uh, what I learned was, I, you know, I had, this is just how things happen, everyone. So, like, I came home from Purdue uh, to have dinner with my sister, and I, uh, her friend Amber was there. She did event planning, thought that I'd be great for the job that they had open. I drove down my resume. Um, this monument on Circle City, you know, downtown Indianapolis looked really big in my window because the, the job was on Market Street. And I gave my resume to her and the owner called me and wanted to meet with me the next day. In 20 minutes, in a 20 minute interview, 48 hours later, um, I talked to him. He was going to get on a plane. It happened really fast. I just kind of was me and trying to, to, trying to kind of see what was next. And he called the cat the house. And, and back then, you know, there were cell phones. So I get a call on our house phone that said, 
Annie, some man's on three, and that person uh, ended up being a huge mentor to me and was my future boss um, for about 13 years, okay? So I, I did stay there. I didn't leave after that two years um, that, that sometimes you think when you are going to start, you know, you start out of college and you're like, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to have this beautiful little family, and everything just falls into place. And all of us old people realize that, that it doesn't always happen that way. Um, you know, I, I started at, at that company and I found my niche, but I also learned, um, I worked really hard um, and I found that I loved and thrived off of a lot of energy. I thrived off of really awesome marketing teams and big corporate events. Uh, and I, I found my niche. Um, so I became their director of operations and, and that business really grew. I think, I don't know, our staff probably tripled or quadrupled while I was there. But then all of a sudden I'd kind of had enough um, of, of that path and, and not enough of them. They were great, uh, gave me a great base. I always said my work there helped me build one incredible toolbox that I'm forever grateful for. But it was just kind of time to move on and do something different. And so I quit, Jenna. It was like one of those things. I had a uh, I think she was about six months old at that time. Riley was nine months old. And I had just finished doing two national sales meetings, as well as taking my breast pump into the Super Bowl to run a huge program in the stadium. And I just kind of was like, it's time for a change. So I quit. And then in, in about a week, I decided I was going to start my own. And we took the summer off to build all of that um, with all the legalese of it and things like that. And I showed pigs and it was awesome. <laughs> Um, we, we traveled around that summer, showed a lot of pigs, took our little one with us and kind of rebooted and started Positive Energy Inc., um, which I think we're about nine years old, which kind of seems incredible now. Um, but, but all of that along the way was being surrounded by really awesome people who gave us great experiences. Um, and when it was time to go and time to take that next leap, um, it sounds kind of crazy at the time because all you do is build and work and try to build your career. Um, I talked to Justin and I took, I think, when we figured it out, like a 68% pay cut. Um, and we just said we were going to do it. We thought it'd be best for our family. We thought it'd be best for, for us. Just to, if there was, if we we're going to do it, you have to do it then. Um, and I remember saying, well, if it doesn't work out, I can be a server again or go do something until the next thing comes along. So there's a lot to talk about with positive energy. We can get into that. But, but from all that, Jenna, I just share that because just you guys don't be afraid, especially Jenna, like yourself um, and, and Maddie and, and all of you awesome, awesome people at your age. Like when it feels right in your gut, like have confidence in yourself and get yourself around really good, strong people. And, and they're going to carry you right where you're supposed to be. Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. <laughs> How I got to where we're at with positive energy. Yes, that is that is incredible because <laughs> just like I know we've talked, I feel like it's the same conversation we've had before, but you just with me and, and a lot of people my age, you know, getting ready to graduate college, um, I don't want to say I expect things because I know I'm gonna have to work hard and I know it's not gonna be like that, but I just have this beautiful plan and this beautiful house and this beautiful <laughs> family and everything that I think I'm going to get that I, I think I deserve. And it's just probably not going to be the case. And so I think that's a great story because even, you know, and, and I know a lot of people very close to me who sometimes they feel stuck. They feel like, well, I've, you know, I've put a lot of money into this. You've put a lot of time. You were 13 years in that company and you're just up and quit. And I mean, you probably had no idea, but again, if it feels right in your gut, 
it's something better mm-hmm. is going to happen on down the road. Kind of want to talk about your story. Um, and I want you to, you know, whatever you're open to sharing about battling cancer and just kind of give some life advice to people in the, in the midst of that. Yeah, for sure. So, and I want to make sure and share, cause you brought up college and something that I did not hit on earlier. Um, you know, one of the things with, with people in college and, and knowing what those next steps are going to be in, in things. Number one, I thank you to God for so many wonderful things in my life. But one of them that there wasn't social media when I was in college. And two, that there weren't cell phones with all of that when I was in college. Because, you know, girls, back when I was there, they said the bag phone during rush, right? In our car. So um, those, those are a few things that I, I'm thankful for for that. But, but thinking about your future and, and being so concerned with what those next steps are and making that perfect plan. Um, I will always say just have faith in yourself and surround yourself around the right people and good people and um, make sure that there's not toxic people in that. Um, in that mix, and it's always going to work out. So with positive energy, um, you know, our, our company is named that, and, and, and for good reason. I used to always say that if you have that plus E on your sleeve, um, and if that's our name, and we work hard, and we work tight, and we're a really tight group, um, but it's really hard to be negative, right? If, if that is your brand, and that is your mission. So we live by that every day, um, but, but as far as the cancer journey and how that kind of all ties in, um, Positive Energy is a cranking company. It is something I'm super proud of, mostly because of the people that I get to work with every day, um, the team there at Positive Energy, as well as the really, really smart people that we're grateful to interact with and call as clients. So um, they're awesome. And how that plays into the, I guess, cancer journey, I think is what you wanted to you know, chat about is I was really busy (laughs) when I was diagnosed, which was almost uh, five years ago. Five years ago, we call it find it day was the end of this month, um, which is unreal um, to me that time passes by that fast. But we were really busy at Positive Energy, had a brilliant team, um, I mean, doing such really great things. And all of a sudden our world halted, right? If you get diagnosed with cancer, things kind of get flipped upside down pretty fast. Um, and, and it's not TMI, you know, it's not too much information to ever ask me anything about cancer. Uh, Jenna, we can talk about it on here for days. If somebody has a scare, anybody who has been diagnosed knows that my phone, my door, everything's always open because it can happen to any of us. I was living then like a, a life that almost was invincible, kind of, we'll call it bulletproof. Um, and it, it showed that it can stop anyone at any time kind of in their tracks. So. Um, I was actually in the fairing house when I was diagnosed, um, or when I found it, came up, had made dinner for my family, did the whole girl thing, you know, itch under your underwire. And I was like, oh, that's something, right? That's something there. And so I was somebody, and, and Jenna, I could see you moving pretty fast in life, right? You probably go from point A to point B with a lot of things going on. Absolutely. And I was definitely that way. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely that way. But for some reason, and and it is by the grace of God that I was like, this is different. You know, I knew something was was different there. So I actually kind of hard charged and called the next day and said, hey, you need to see me. And they're like, oh, it'll be two weeks. I was like, oh, I'm going to stop in. Um, but that's kind of how, how all that happened. I don't know how much you want to get into that. But I, I want to share one quick thing on the cancer journey, if I can. And that is it can happen to anyone. But if it does happen to you or if it does happen to your friend, 
Don't compare it to anyone. Just like anything else in life, you're on your own journey. Um, we're all made uniquely different, but the biggest thing is to never, ever give up. And, and that's with anything. You know, I always say cancer, cancer patients have kind of a spotlight on them because we all know cancer. We know cancer can kill us and all those things. But just like mental health or muscular sclerosis or any kind of, you know, immunity issue or things people are battling, those are all there. Those can all, in my mind, all go in that same unit that it shakes you to the core, but you just absolutely can never, ever give up. So, you know, talking about positive energy with that, I worked through it. You know, I think you and I talked about that a little bit. Um, I was very fortunate to work with a team of brilliant women who, that's why you build a core team that loves each other, right? Because one of the, when one of the members of the team goes from running 532 miles an hour to all of a sudden, oh my gosh, she's in the hospital. Is she going to die today? To she's in here and she's 25 pounds less and she's bald. Um, oh my gosh, there's a wig so we can go to our meeting. Like they all shifted through all of that. Um, and that was because they're awesome. And that's because they had a very positive um, energy that ran through all of them that, that the people are first always, right? And, and do good with that. So I hope that's what you're looking for. Um, that positive energy the company not only lived through cancer, the team lived through cancer. And I would say from the bottom of my toes, we are so much better for it. We're be I'm a better person. Our work is so much more brilliant and on point because there is no gray space. You know, there, there is no gray space. We know that every day has to be lived out to the max. Um, there is no room and I'll just say it for bullshit. <laughs> um, do good to others and and to live the day that you want because they're not they're not always uh, guaranteed. That was incredible, and I know that when Maddie listens back, she's gonna send us a picture of her tearing up because um, she that is it was everything I could have ever wanted you to say, and not that you know this is scripted by any means, but it was. It, it, it's not. Do you know where I'm at right now? Can yeah, I show you where I'm at? This is this. Where are you at? So I, so anybody who's listening, to, will listen to this tomorrow that knows me, like I had a wild day today. Like we had meetings, lots of people, all kinds of stuff. I got home and made a, um, probably the hardest thing though I did today was try to make a friendship bracelet for Ellie for my daughter's third grade class tomorrow and the beads kept falling off. So I looked at my husband, I said, I need to go to my place. And he's like, no problem. So I have my um, rubber boots on and a hat on backwards in our feed room between our faring house and our nursery, like in my happy place. Absolutely. <laughs> so I wish I wish that this was a video too because people would be like, "Who is this lady?" And it sounds it sounds corporatey, right? Like we have a downtown office and all those those fun <laughs> things. But but you got to stick to your roots and stick to your passions to keep on thriving every day. I always say. Oh, absolutely! I I can't tell you how many times I just go sit in my barn, not because I wanted to do anything. That's, that's my place. I like it there. It's that's <laughs> my, my happy place. I think one of the things that you know, while you said a lot of incredible things, I loved that you included mental health in the fact that it's some people battling because Maddie and I are big advocates for that. And I guess my next mm -hmm. question, and you know, you can be as inspirational or just as straightforward as you want. What, what made you change the bad days to good days? You know, I know you probably had bad days mm -hmm. in cancer and everyone has bad days in their life. How do you, uh, what's your just advice to kind of fighting off the enemy and, and being positive and being happy and 
knowing, you know, not taking life for granted. Cause I know that any disease that anyone faces or just life itself can be really negative sometimes. So your advice. Absolutely. You know, and, and the mental health, I'm so glad that it is, um, that there's light being shed on it in, in this, this type of, you know, not, but even before COVID, right. It seems like it's, it's, um, coming to the forefront a little bit. And I, and I'll share this quick story because I know that we don't have tons of time, but the moment, and this is, this is deep, right. But the, the day that I, um, had my mammogram and the biopsy and they did all of mine in one day, because I think they knew that they were dealing with something. I had the very rarest kind of breast cancer and that's, that's why the treatment was hard. That's why it was long and, and all of those things. But one of the most genuine, awesome souls that I've ever known, Lisa Maggie, um, dealt with some mental health, a lot of mental health. And she passed away. And I got the text of that in between the moments of being told I might and that I had cancer. And I, I think of moments like that. That's why you have to live life eyes wide open because not only was I having that moment, but I wasn't alone, right? Like there was another struggle going on. There's always other struggles going on. There's people with mental health. There's people that it's hard. And I know them for them to put their feet on the floor to get on with their day, to get their kids out of bed, to get them to school. And it's not their fault, right? It's because there's just something a little off. They need a little boost. Um, and and I, I'm very cautious to that because I wasn't, I never got in a dark place, um, we'll call it mentally with my diagnosis, but for someone who I absolutely at that time did not believe in anxiety, I really didn't. I mean, I lived, I lived like a rocket ship at that time. Like anything that could touch me, I would just ricochet off and keep moving and we moved really, really fast until that moment. And then my whole world was kind of, you know, flipped upside down because you don't know what's next. So for me, it was very much, there was like a full week of major anxiety. Um, I gotten told I had the rarest breast cancer in the world. I got told that um, over the phone when I was at the governor's residence because they, this is, you know, the, the first lady was a client of mine at that time. Um, so you talk about some pressure, right? <laughs> I'm at a board table. I see the number because I had called it like 582 times probably in the 24 hours before that um, to see if they had my results yet. And, and when they told me that I did have it, like you just kind of flip out, you know, you don't know what's next and you have this anxiety and, and you all of a sudden really think like, Hey, I could not like, I, the, the numbers, like if you Google it, the, the numbers are that it's, you know, pretty good percentage. I probably should have died. Um, but what I did that I hope, I hope everyone who has any struggle, you know, and, and a struggle is a struggle. It could be making your house payment. It could be with your child. It could be with your husband. It could be with your job. It could be um, mental, mental health where you need to really talk yourself through things. But a struggle is a struggle. I don't care what it is. But the most important thing is absolutely don't try to do it by yourself and absolutely have faith. And I will say it a million times that I'm here today because a whole lot of grit and never give up and a whole lot of holding Jesus' hand through it and an incredibly support system of family, friends, um, the incredible livestock industry that, that we just charged on. Now, it was kind of like, once I got my feet on the ground, it was, we were not going to give up. Um, you know, and, and, and that never give up no matter what mentality, it goes, you have to, 
buy into it, in my opinion, from start to finish. And if you kind of start to waver on that, then get you some buddies surrounded, get your tribe at, you know, 650 in the limb bills and all of us, we call it circle the wagons and get yourself back in a position to where you're hard charging again, because you can, and everybody can get weak. And we all can get weak, but you have to make sure because an object in motion stays in motion. And if you feel down, stay down and do all of those kinds of things, it's going to be really, really hard to get back up. So, you know, that's my biggest thing, no matter what you're going through. And, and there's people that struggle. And you guys, I so wish I didn't, but the number of people a month that I hear are diagnosed with something um, in the cancer world is horrible but what the great thing is is they're living we're living i'm here right the people who are coming forward with mental illness that are saying you know what you're not alone people so as much as people will say that i can be the biggest critic of people on social media um doing negative i think it's also a place that we can do so good by doing good and telling people to keep going um I would like to say that during that journey, it gets hard. It's going to get hard. I remember, you know, no matter what, I had 16 IV chemos, um, 18 weeks of oral chemotherapy. Let's see, what else? 25 radiations. Um, everybody had double mastectomy. So if you see my girls, they're not really mine, um, but I had reconstruction, all of those different kinds of things. But when I would get up to go to treatment, it was a thing to make routine and make things that you could control. So for me, I always wore makeup to treatment. I always put a nice outfit on, like I was going to work because it was my job to live. I had a little girl who needed to know her mommy and I never wanted her to hurt from losing her mommy. And it was very important that I, you know, a lot of times when, you, when you're sick or things like that, people say, oh, you don't want to miss this because, you know, in their head, you know, they're thinking because you might die and it's going to be your last opportunity to do this. In my mind, it was like, nope, gonna sit this one out. So all these people here don't compromise my immune system. It doesn't make me weak because I'm gonna be here for like 50 more freaking years, right? So I share those kinds of things because I, I tell people who are diagnosed, and I think that this probably goes to some mental illness with some friends that I've talked with about it, that don't try to look at the big picture. Don't try to think, oh, well, in 15 years, this could happen you know what, what's happening today that can be great? You know, I always said when it was really dark or scary and sometimes I really did look at my mom and say, is this it? Like, are, are we done here? Like, am I not gonna have a chance to fight anymore? That every second that you pass, the seconds turn into minutes, minutes turn into hours, hours turn into days, days turns into weeks, weeks turn into months, and all of a sudden I'm almost five years from diagnosis. So no matter what, and I don't get to need to get too high horsey about this, but it's so very important to me, but just pass the day, make this moment the best you can, make this day the best you can. And, you know, before, before long, like I'm on the other end of that deal that I do not have any plans of ever being told I have cancer again. But you know what, if that is in my path, when it comes, we're going to take it on headstrong again. And so not to just totally make <laughs> your a podcast tonight about a cancer journey or a hardship journey, but I think I think it's kind of relevant, like with what's going on in the world. That no matter what is hard, like people are out at work right now, or people aren't living lives to their fullest because of COVID. And you can you you can just keep step.
stepping forward and make life life because we're very all very blessed to have the days that we have and and I'm a big component not to get complacent on it you know don't don't get lazy on it and I did change life a lot um you know I drink I don't know if anybody has seen my green spinach drinks lots of my friends laugh about it because you I drink them every day I drink an entire tub of spinach every day and a bag of blueberries no matter what I probably miss maybe 25 days in almost five years that's a routine there are things I can control to help my march going forward so whatever those routines you are you know can have or do whatever the hardship is if life is hard because of COVID if life is hard because of mental illness if life is hard because whatever it is um it can be better and it's all in your hands to do so that was is that what you're looking for yes <laughs> Awesome. This is might be not to bash if anyone ever is listening that's been on. This is my favorite episode, I think, to date, just because it is <laughs> relevant and like everything that you're saying is exactly what at least what I'm going through or what not that I'm, you know, going through much right mm-hmm. now, just trying to get my life together. Yeah, everybody has their stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they just need to uh everybody just needs a refresher sometime that man, you know, whatever I'm focused on, probably, you know, just keep grinding and, and you're going to get what you want, but just enjoy the process. Sometimes we just look forward yes. to there and don't enjoy the ride enough. And so I think that's absolutely cool. one last question before we finish it up. Let's end on, not that we've been negative, yeah. but something that I know will make you excited. <laughs> Tell us about your family and kind of best advice to people. You know, I'm not a mom, Maddie's not a mom, but, uh, we do have some moms that are young moms, soon to be moms, uh, my mother listens. So your advice to kind of having a career and a family and just, uh, yeah, you're happy. Place. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, my family and I'll, and I'll go outside the, the walls of just my house right now. Um, but my family is awesome. Like I can just, I've always said it. Um, I have the Duns on my mom's side and the Linville's on my dad's side. And I couldn't, you know, when they, <laughs> Let's say when you say keeper pin of families, um, I wouldn't trade one piece of my genetics, even the short gene, um, for 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 anything. Um, blessed in the family arena. Um, but I will share, and I hope my mom does listen to this because I'm pretty passionate about women in agriculture, and I'm very passionate about women in the livestock world. Probably becoming more passionate by the day as I have filtered through life as it changes you um, when you become a mom and your barn time becomes house time because that's what should be happening. You know, my baby little rye dog, she, she delivered a lot of litters um, outside and in our fairing house and her stroller, you know, before she really knew what was going on. Um, But then life changes and life shifts. And we then see the moms as, as the hair mom or the bows and the keeping stuff organized. But I always, and I love having, I don't know why I'm going to share this, but the platform to say there's a lot of really awesome women in agriculture and livestock that do a lot more than bows. They just do the bows too. And, and I want to share that because as a mom, I have a mom who, um, she made all those wheels turn at home. She was a livestock girl way before she married my dad. Um, she understood the genetics. She, she uh, sacrificed right? You know, when we all don't, don't get the expensive purses or the pretty clothes because there's semen bills to pay and all those different things. And so as a mom now to my little rye dog, 
I try to make sure, and, and I have an incredible husband who's a partner to me, um, outside and inside. But the fact that I think our kids learn by example. So the more real we can be, the more they can see us working together, the more they can see their mommies unfiltered, the more they can see reality, the stronger they're going to be when stuff gets hard. And the more they'll live with their eyes wide open to just kind of rock and roll in life. So, you know, I, as a kid, I always was like, my time's with my dad, you know, in the barn. Um, my mom just, you know, made all the wheels turn and I'll never forget calling her and apologizing to her. One day we were outside and Riley's like, are you going to make dinner? I'll stay out here with dad. He's the pig guy. And I mean, it kind of like tore me to the core. And I immediately called my mom. I was like, mom, I'm really sorry for all those times that dad and I went to shows and we would like be in Duncan, Oklahoma or be in Texas or be in doing something. And I never called home to say thanks for taking care of everything to let that happen. So I share those things because as a mom, I try really hard with Riley um, as a working mom to show her that moms can do it all with eyes wide open and, and lots of joy. Um, I hope Riley sees that um, out of her mom um, and that her that she totally sees that her mom um, doesn't get down on herself. You know, I know so many moms and so many young moms, maybe because I'm old, I don't know that are like, am I doing a good enough job? Have I done this right? Oh my gosh, I'm a failure because of this. Or I feel so guilty because I have to go to work. And no, like our kids see us as awesome. Um, to wrap that up, I think, I think the biggest picture I can paint for moms to just give themselves some credit and be real is I was really, I had long hair. So Jenny, you probably didn't know me when I had long hair before I had lost it. But I had long hair, it was always curled and, and all those things. And Riley, as a little girl, loved my long hair. She had long hair, mommy had long hair. It was a long hair thing. She loved to brush it. Well, when I was going to lose my hair, it, it worried me what Riley would think. She was just a little bitty thing, but she still was at daycare, she's preschool, all that stuff. And so I had to try to figure out a way to make that okay. And so my mom and I came up with a plan. Riley still doesn't know that the word I had cancer. Um, I was somebody that didn't want her to have any concern in her days. I want her childhood to be magic. Um, and so we got a, what are they called? The dolls, the American Girl dolls. Um, and we got a bald one. And um, I got it to her daycare and her preschool. And they, I asked them to please have a session on um, this little doll and to explain that she's still the same doll inside, but she's lost her hair because she's really tough and she's really strong and she has to take medicine that makes her hair fall out. So I thought this was just a great, great idea, right? So I come home and I'm all a little nervous. And this is still somebody who didn't really get nervous. And I was like, hey, Riley, how was school today? You know, what happened? And this little bitty beautiful face tells me that they got a new doll at school. And of course I knew, but she didn't know I knew. And she's telling me the story. And she's like, yeah, mom. She's like, her name's Jill. We named her Jill. We love Jill. We all hailed Jill. And I said, well, tell me about Jill. And she said, yeah, she's really cool. I, I think um, they said she has to take some medicine so her hair fell out, but we still like her. And then I went into like trying to be super mom. And I was like, now Riley, mommy's hair. I have to take medicine like Jill and, and I'm going to lose my hair. And she comes up, rubs my head and she goes, you'll still be my magic mom and went on playing with her doll. So I share oh, that long goodness. story. That is the most because no matter, <laughs> I love, because no matter awesome. where, <laughs> no matter where we think we're falling short, if you know, we're a little chubby 
if we're a little short, if our clothes aren't as cool as the next guy, kind of goes into the whole, my trailer's not like those people or whatever, be a loving parent and you're still their magic mom. You know, just be good, be real, kind of live unfiltered and, and, and be your true self. And, and you're good enough. Like you are good enough, no matter what. And that's what I try to live by because I want my little girl, hopefully to look at me someday, like I look at my mama. And um, I wouldn't trade her for the world. And so I hope my little, that's a huge reason why every single day I strive to be healthy, to be alive, because that little girl needs to, to grow up with a magic childhood. Well, this is my favorite episode to date. You killed it. And I am so <laughs> Oh, this is awesome. And I am, I'm so, I'm just like, I wish Maddie could be here with her snotty nose and all because she would have <laughs> loved it. And I know that everyone love it. That's going to listen. It's going to love it too. But, um, Annie, Aww. thank you so much for being on. Uh, we, You're welcome. thank you for all you do for the, the livestock industry advocating for us and just being, you know, this is going to be cool, yeah. but being a boss, babe, even though you told me you're not. <laughs> Uh, I'm not a boss, babe. Not a boss, babe. Thank you, everyone. Tune in next week. This is going to be continued. Um, and we thank you for listening. If you didn't go to unitedharvest.com during the holidays and take advantage of their holiday deals, there's still time, guys. There's still time. It's still the beginning of January. Um, you can go there, get a good deal on some meat. Invite your family over again, okay? You didn't fight enough during the holidays. Bring them over, cook some meat, bring up politics, bring up religion, bring up everything. It doesn't matter because when you're eating a Wagyu prime rib, it's a cure-all, I promise. UnitedHarvest.com. Are you tired of being ugly? Are you tired of wearing boring clothes? Did you finally throw away your rock revitals? Well, head over to the Stock Market Boutique. You will get new jeans thank Jesus. Okay. And they're flare. So you can't tuck them into your boots, which we're excited about. And then you'll put a cute shirt on and you'll just be ready to go. That's the stock market boutique. And then you're going to go and you're going to use the code TKP10, the keeper pen 10 abbreviated, obviously. And you're going to get 10% off your order. And then you're going to wear it around and you're going to tag us in your pictures. And we're going to just hype you up like we always do. And you won't be ugly anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Check it out. And that's the T, sis. And that's the T. <laughs>